I got the opportunity to go and help them at the beer pairing classic where you can go and you can taste a bunch of wine, taste a bunch of beer. And so I got the opportunity to come up with an appetizer for one of these events. And so what I did, this is like this is a good sales technique actually. What I would do is someone come up to our booth to try our food, right? They get a they get a free drink pairing, they get a free food, and I'd go, Hey, come here, come here, come here. We have lemongrass, we have this, this. You want to eat my food. This is the best food in the room. You'll be doing yourself a disfavor if you go try anybody else's food. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, like, why bother wasting your stomach filling up with other people's food when it's trash, when you should just be staying here eating all my food? Come on, get seconds, get fifths. They were sitting there just eating our food and they're like, this is the best food in the house. I'm like, I told you, like, <laughs> like did I lie to you? Wait no. a minute. Welcome back to another episode of Kingdom Heirs, where faith meets business, inspiring the kingdom-minded entrepreneur. Today, I've got the great privilege to be interviewing my very own daughter, Michaela Natalie Madalone. I know it sounds like the name of a star, which I is what the hate nurse. My little name. The, I don't care. It was it was very inspiring <laughs> when we named you. Name. And the nurse in the the nurse in the hospital room said, "Ah, Michaela Natalie, the name of a star." Mom and I were like, "Bang, we're writing that in. Birth certificate on the way." <laughs> Welcome to the show, Michaela. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, Michaela is this is her first time on the show. Uh, Michaela has a background in culinary arts. She has her culinary arts degree. Mm -hmm. uh, she's been in that industry for the past couple of years. Uh, she has worked with me, and we're going to talk a little bit about, about that, since you were 16, yeah. maybe 15, 16? 16. It was as soon as I got my license, like a little bit before I got my Do license. Do you hear this, this sense of, uh, of of excitement? She couldn't wait to come work with me after school. Well, I wanted a car <laughs> really bad. She, she wanted a car. She got a car so that she can come work with dad so she could then pay for the car. Yeah, because it was like, I didn't want to share a car with my twin sister, Gia. You have Vanna. a twin? Yeah, she was on the podcast. Is she identical or fraternal? The doctors don't know. But what did your DNA <laughs> test say? That we were identical? Yes, that's a, that's a fun story. The doctors said we were fraternal, but we're actually identical according to our DNA test, which I was actually kind of disappointed because I wanted different DNA than her. You want a different DNA yeah. from your sister? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, uh, too bad for you. Yeah, but... um. I didn't want to share a car with my sister because I didn't want her saying, oh, you can't go somewhere. Make sure that thing's in front of you. Our, our viewers want to listen. They want to hear your beautiful voice. Oh, thank you, Dad. Come on, Dad. Come on. So you, so you didn't want to share a car because we did have a we had a shared car yeah. for you guys. You two could share the car and you're like, you're firstborn. I was like, that's not Your happening. firstborn mentality. She's like, <laughs> no, oh, no, that's not I'm going to have my own car. Then. I was like, all right, like. I got my, my I got my license after my sister Gia did. Like that was just the way it worked. I got my license after and I was like, this isn't gonna work. Mom and dad, I'll do a loan with you guys. Why don't you co-sign on me? We'll go buy a car in San Antonio. I'll pay weekly payments. If I fail make my weekly payments, weekly, then I will give the car back to you. And they said, okay, cool. So we go up to San Antonio. We got this $3,000 car. It died the next day. <laughs> I remember. I remember. <laughs> it didn't have a working radio. The windshield's kind of busted. <laughs> but I love that car. I named it Wolf because it, it, was was it was a Wolfsburg Jetta. Yes. And um, I, it was funny because I went to work and like all my friends would be like, yeah, let's go do something. I'm like, great. I'll go after I get out of work. At five. Were you a junior or a fresh? What were you, a sophomore? I was a junior. I was a sophomore, about to be a junior, because um, I had just finished a photography and graphic design class, and you went, great, you're going to run my marketing. Yes. And I went, okay, Bang. cool. I have no idea what I'm doing. Promote from within, guys. I did not have really have a strong social media account. I didn't like social media at the time, so I was like... You took a class... Yeah. You are far greater than me. <laughs> I took a class and he said, all right, put me to work. And I was like, okay. We had you do the marketing for what companies? Um, I did the marketing for Peer Tree, um, their modeling company. PT was a new company at the time. PT Building Supply. PT Building Supply was a new company at the time. Yeah, so those were the two that we were running That was the, the two. Time. And yeah. then whenever Bentex came on board, that was a gutter company that they talked about in GS episode. I did the marketing for that as well. I did some cold calling a little bit for that company. Um, 
I would implement CRMs and systems for these companies. I would, um, every time, so I would basically, what I would do is that every time my dad would start a business, I would go, great, okay. I would start every single social media account. I would start the Facebook, I would start the Instagram. The emails. Some, the emails. Email accounts. Email accounts. Set up the, the business cards. The, biz, the, the computer. The website. The you website. built the website for us. Yes. The and SEO. Then, yes. I would do all of that. <laughs> I had no idea how to do any of that, so I was just teaching myself. I love it, How and that's why it. I didn't really pay you anything because you didn't know what you were doing. He paid However, you paid me enough for my car, my gas, and my insurance, and I would do that. All my friends would be like, "Oh yeah, mommy and daddy are covering it." I'm like, "Nope, I am paying." For that's it. right, you are. We would go. It was funny because we would go. I would literally like this car was so bad. Like I would go to the gas station and it'd be, like I would look because it would die every time I had to put gas in it. And so I would look over at my friends and be go, "Hey, my mechanic friends or anybody who's <laughs> listening right now, why would this car die when you put fuel in it?" Maybe a bad fuel filter? I don't know. I, we never found out because I ended up getting rid of the car like a year uh, that's later. My, that's, but, my, like, that's my ADD it brain was, It was segue. funny because Sorry, they would be like, they would they would get my car and I'd be like, all right, you got to pray this thing starts. And they're like, you're joking. And I'm like, no. And so I literally had them praying with me and I would have to hit the gas and turn the ignition. Definitely a fuel injector issue. But then it would come back to life and they'd be like, this is great. It was funny. But yeah, I got a better car like a year later. You did? How did you do that? Um. Do you co-signed, that story? co-signed for a loan. Um, I traded in that car. You were seventeen. I was seventeen. Traded in. I had a secured. You got a loan in your name. We co-signed it. Yes, because I had a secured credit card because I wanted to build my credit that way. How old are you? You got a secured credit card. Sixteen, seventeen. Bang! Power of building credit before the time you even hit eighteen years old. Yeah, because if the loan was in my name and if I was making payments, that would build your credit. That's right. And then by the time you hit 18, 19, I think you were able to get the loan in your own name. Yes. So loans in my name. Now we're I've off been paying everything. It only takes about a year. We're off the loan and now mm-hmm. it's all your credit. What what kind of credit score do you have right now? 700, 750. You you have a 750? Yeah. That's, you have you have a better credit than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I pay my bills. I just have a lot on my credit report. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Well, and you are now 20. Yes. You're 20. You'll be 21 in May. So in a couple of months, you'll be May. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I was really, that was a huge sense of pride for me, actually, that I had yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and that you worked for it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. built it. Well, I, 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 part of it was like, I was like, they can't take it away. Like, I valued that very highly. I was, I think like. What can't they take away? Well, like, the you car, know, like, the what, the credit score, what, 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 that experience, well, like, what? like for like, as when you're a, a teenager, like, you know, like if you get in trouble, like you're like, people are like, oh, my parents just grounded me. They took away all of my devices and stuff like that. For me, yeah. it was like, okay, I own all my assets. If my asset, my phone is an asset because I can make money off my phone. My computer is an asset because I can make money off my computer. My car is an asset because I can make money off of that. If I own it all, they can't take it away from me. So as a teenager, that was like, I'm going to sign, I'm going to sign out here. <laughs> Michaela's just going to take it, take it. She's going to take this episode on. <laughs> right. Great definition of what an asset is. An right. Asset is, asset if I can is make money can, with it, that it's you can an make asset. Money from. Otherwise, yeah. it's, otherwise, it's just a liability that you pay down. Right. Because a car is an appreciating asset, just yeah. like a house is a appreciating asset. It's an appreciating that, yeah. And if you could get someone to pay you rent or they can, you can rent a room out or you could take the garage and convert it into right. living space. Because, you know, a phone then is- Then it can make, you can make money. Because a phone right? is about as high- it, for the phones they're making now, they're about as high a quality as a camera. So, like, so for example, yeah. I, w- I, for one of my hobbies in high school was I played paintball. And so um, I went to this paintball field and the rest. She'd refs- go and destroy. She would destroy <laughs> these other, the men I would. out of the field. She would snipe them all out. It was fun. I actually got, really, I got recognized really in Bolero. I went to a bowling and some guy recognized him pointed at me. I don't know his name. He pointed at me, you're the guy who shot my friend. You're the guy who shot my friend. And I was like, uh, I'm, I'm a lady. I have no idea who you uh, are. I'd be like, yo, I'm a lady. Yeah, but um, the refs there were like, "Yeah, the owners are gonna pay me this X, like they're gonna pay us like a thousand dollars and take the whole day, like do whatever we want, take as long as we to need to film, to, to make film, filming, to film marketing, a video. marketing video, for- and I was for their field, and I was like, "That's oh my goodness, that's a steal! When are you gonna do that? Oh, never. They have no, no motivation to do it, no drive. Yeah. I'm like that, like a thousand dollars. I remember you telling me this. So and, like, you, and you mapped it out all on your own. You're like, "This is how I'm gonna do it. So yeah. what'd you do? Um, I called the, the owner. I picked up the phone. I called the owner. I said, hey, listen, your reps aren't going to make that video for you. I'll do it tomorrow. You pay me $100 in cash, and then you give me like another $100 in gift cards to your field, and I'll go make it tomorrow. And he goes, okay, go do it. So I called a couple of my friends. I said, hey, you're going to be the actors in the video. I'll buy you a piece of <laughs> And they go, 
okay. So we show up, we film the video, and I send it to them. He gives me the money, and deal's done in like a day. How'd they do with uh, with with viewing? Did you put it on Facebook? What's no, they was it was just a rules video for their their field. Okay, so they so it was a rule, it was just, a rules, rules. It was they were okay. updating their rules video, so I just gave it to they gave them the file and I said all right it's yours I did it you figure out what you want to do with it that's awesome yeah that's good and you edited it and you gave it back to them mm -hmm. yeah and I had, I, I had like no experience video editing at all you like, were 18 19 no 17? I was like 17 like I this this was the first video I'd ever edited in my life actually I'd never edited well, a video and it before that and, <laughs> and it was far better than the the guys the were, refs on the field who weren't gonna do anything yeah but like they had PCs and stuff like they had access to higher I just had a a phone. You had an a iPhone. A phone, and then I had a computer. I won in a raffle. I had won a MacBook. Wait a minute. You you won you won a MacBook. In yeah. A raffle? How I, did you do that? Where did you do that? We went to a, my dad. I went to a writing conference with my dad. And who's your dad? That guy right there. Ah, hey y'all. I love how she says my dad <laughs> when I'm standing right next to her. Keep going. I'm I, sitting. Keep, <laughs> I love it. So Michaela, we didn't talk about this. Michaela is a uh, junior author. Hmm. And authors, if you publish things, that they call it a writer. Look, at, if you write something, you hand it to me to read it. I'm like, this this girl's published in my eyes. <laughs> it's not how it works <laughs> at all. But I won. I I'm went, super proud yeah, of you. I went to Daddy's the, very proud of you, darling. Yeah, they were very sweet to me and took me to a writing conference where I could like I got to meet. It was a Christian writing conference. I got to meet like one of my favorite authors. We like I sat down at an editing session with her. I saw all these keynote speakers, and then I won a MacBook. Your dad went with you. Your dad did. went with you. He did. It was very sweet of him. Yeah. What, yeah. what was his name tag? What did his name Michaela's tag? Michaela's dad. <laughs> so I had a name tag. Everyone's like, here, what's your, put your name tag. And it was like a printed name tag. Everybody needs a name tag because it's a lanyard. You're walking around this mm -hmm. big conference center. And yeah. And I walked around solely as Michaela's dad. Michaela's dad. Yeah. And we met a ton of people, did there was, a ton of networking. It was, it was awesome. a lot of fun. Yeah. But I won the grand prize, which was a refurbished MacBook. A big pro, one. yeah. And so, what did I tell you before you won that? What you did said, I? You said we're gonna win that. I said, I said really, and he goes, yeah, put it all in. So I, we had a bunch of raffle tickets, and we were like putting around like all. You could walk around the table, put it in. He goes, put it in, put put all of them in that one. And I said, okay. Yeah, I just knew you. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. You were gonna win. That it. computer served me faithfully for. I believe I won it as a sophomore, and so that was twenty eighteen. Yeah, so that would have been that's almost six years ago. I just yeah. replaced it the last week, and it what huge, no problems refurbished. And you did, a and you did all your I work did for me, everything with that computer. Yeah, it's yeah. so it was a great asset, but yeah, and you made you made money with it. I made lots of money with it, and you and you learned how to do video editing and graphics uh, through a high school class. Yeah, right. I got so excited because <laughs> that was a need we had. Yeah, and I'm like, Michaela's Michaela's learning this. Okay, take what you just learned now like do it here real real life real time do and that's it here. kind of just what i do like i may not be the best at something but if i can see something i can replicate it like my mom took me to a murder mystery dinner party your mom my wife yes <laughs> my i'm very i guess i'm very possessive when i talk I love, I love i'm like they are mine <laughs> i'm excited about this go I'll, I'll, yeah murder so mystery I, dinner you guys went to a murder mystery dinner yeah because i we went to a murder mystery dinner in san antonio we're telling all of this because it matters it's going to lead somewhere and so my mom us. goes and we're wa we're like we're watching the way they do everything and my mom goes we could you could do that better and i was Come like on. yeah i could yeah. and so the next the next week what i did was i created a event a month away from that from that day I cr went yes. and created a month away event yes. for a murder mystery dinner in Corpus yes. just from that watching them yes. I, I went it. and I I went I took screenshots and pictures of everything and I went and I I called up my best friend and I said you're gonna help me with this and she's like okay so I went and I called up everyone I knew who was an actor and I said I I said hey I'm Putting Put on, on a play. Play, on a play. Was this at the venue? We did this at the venue? Yes, we did this at the venue. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Was I in the show? Mm, you were a guest that could participate in the I show. I was a guest that could But you were not an actor, no. I acted the whole time. I love murder mystery dinners. I love it. I make it so that people think I'm actually one of the actors. <laughs> yeah. And they, how many people thought that I did it? A lot. There was. Okay, we um, sold fifty tickets. Um, I what I I created all the marketing materials. I went and put flyers up at the coffee shops. I boosted post. I paid for boosted posts on Instagram and Facebook. We had people um, we didn't even know buying tickets. Right. Yeah. That was awesome. It was awesome. I wrote the entire script. I had practices. I had costumes. Great character I development. Yes. 
You're funny. I organized the whole thing. I we even had food. I since I'm in culinary, I had my I had my best friend take the lead on the food. We went and we practiced the food to make sure that it was going good. I had um, helpers come and put that on, and so. That was what we did. We had the it. actors get tips, but I was able to replicate that. They made pretty good tips. From, I got to count the tips. Yeah. And I was like, bah, 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 but I guess my, awesome. my point is, is that if you see someone doing something somewhere else, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. If you can just copy everything that they're doing and, and make it better. It. Make it better. Yeah, that's it. That's that's literally business. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just go and copy what someone else did and make it better. I love that. And you just have to be the one who takes the initiative to go do it. What was the name of your murder mystery dinner? Do you remember? No. Who did it? I'm not going to tell you because I want to do it again. Who done it? Who, but done, I, who I, done did it? I'm not going to tell you because <laughs> I, I was actually really proud of myself. They for, were super Because I took it from, the, the ending was from a, uh, I listened to a criminal podcast and like the ending was ambiguous and so I was like, <gasps> like it actually happened. It, it was so weird. Happen. And then like I went and I copied it and put it in there and it if, was oh, a hit. Here's a segue. If you haven't done a murder mystery dinner yet, mm -hmm. it's worth the money. Go do it. And when you go do it, here's a tip. When you go do it, imagine that you are going there dressed up as a character. You are a character in the show, even though you're not. You're just going. But but embellish it. Play along. And I promise you, when, at the end, when they're writing down like who they think did it. Remember, there's paid actors there. A number of people are going to think that you were the one that actually did it. They're going to think you're part of the show. I've done that several times now. And I definitely was not part of the show. And uh, anyway, I'm just I'm, saying it's a ton of fun. It's just a ton of fun. I guess what I'm saying is that, like, I'm the type of person who, if someone, like, because, like, that type of thing, be like, oh, yeah, like, you sometimes you think, oh, I could never do that. I don't have any of the skills to go do that. Well, like, you were 19 years old trying to do that. Yeah. And I was like, no, like if someone Why tells, can't you do it? Exactly. Like, and I think that's really been my story in business is that if someone tells me no, that's my cue to go, I can do it. And I'm going to prove you wrong. Like that's, that's how yes. I got into the culinary arts industry, actually. Like I, I've always been in a little, I've, like, you know, everyone's always a little interested in food. Like you of love course. eating. Uh, we eat every day. Three, exactly. Typically right? three times a meal. Three so times a day. You generally care a little bit about your food, but I only, I had taken a culinary arts class in high school, but I didn't think that was like going to be my passion or my calling until like that wasn't, I, that wasn't even on my ticker for where to go to college until I had a, an advisor in high school tell me that I couldn't take an English class and then she wanted me to take a different English class. And I said, I'm, she wanted me, because I was going to take a, a Del Mar, which is a local community college. I was going to take one of their dual credit classes for English. Yes. And she said, no, I want you to take UT on-ramps English. And I said, but that's not, it's it's not what I want to do. It's a harder class. It's not really going to transfer properly. And she goes, no, but it looks better for me. And so I got angry. And I was like, you're supposed to help me as a counselor. Not help you. Not help you. And so what I did was I said, you know what? This is why I love I'm going daughter. to early enroll into college. <laughs> and so I went around here because I already was in dual credit. So I went around here, got the paper from my advisor, went to the principal, said, sign off on this. I'm going to take four extra classes. And she said it really sweet and nicely. I'm very intense as a person. But she also said it really sweet and nicely. Well, I can, yes. But yes. I, I retell stories very intensely. Keep going, baby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Come on. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so one of those classes was an in-person cooking class. And so I got special permission from my teacher to, which I didn't get permission from the principal to do this until later in the semester because you yeah. know, we had switching principals, but I would basically sneak out of school. It's okay. You already graduated. <laughs> Keep going. You've already graduated, would, would baby. You're sneak, good. I would sneak out of high school to go to an in-person college class. They can't put you class, in detention now. Which is so nerdy. Think, but you're, you're, you're a senior at that people, point. Well, you're yeah, a senior, but like, yeah. you know, you would skip, people would skip school to go like and we to knew a party you were doing or something it. like that. And we knew you were doing it. I was skipping school to go to a college class. If this is going to help you, girlfriend, do it. Do it, do it, do yeah, it. Yeah, and so that's kind of where... With your passion of cooking, you've been hired as a personal chef several times. Yeah, I've gone, homes, in, I've gone in people's anniversaries, people's for anniversary dinners. You've, you've cooked in their kitchens yeah. for them. You get all the ingredients. It's fun. I used to, I don't work there anymore, but I worked as the lead cook at an event center. So I've cooked for the CEO you can name, you can the, name, of the you port. Can name, you, oh, the I've port. cooked for the you were, mayor, you, you worked at, for Greg Abbott. And you, cooked for the, you cooked for the governor? Yes. And the mayor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, the team was the Solomon Ortiz Center, Port Corpus Christi. They do a phenomenal job. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with the, the two chefs there. Um, yes. Craig, Leonard. 
I probably mispronounced his name. That's all right. And Kristen, Kirsten Pollock, um, chef, my chef KP. I love um, it. They do a fantastic job with everything, and the food is top notch. Top notch. So, so people say, well, you're doing so good there. Why are you back with dad? Why are you back with dad now? Your dad. Why are you back with your dad now? Um, because what did what did dad call and, and ask you to do? He asked me to come back because I left his business to go run. I was I was helping. I was the lead cook over there, and so I left his business to come help run the podcast yeah. and so, marketing. So you were working with the port. Yes. And you had graduated. About graduated, to graduate. Got, got, yeah. Yeah. At this point, you've graduated with you have your culinary yeah. degree. Mm -hmm. And you, you're one of those people, if you go to your social, we're going to include your socials with your, your cooking. Mm -hmm. Michaela does some of the best cooking reels. And they it's like, me. that's my job yeah. is to flatter oh, yeah. you, darling. It's, I'm daddy, remember? Mm -hmm. So, but your, your stuff's really good and you get a lot of hits, but really it's, you just really enjoy like in the life of, what's the name of your, your Instagram? Uh, Tasting the star. Yeah. Tasting the star. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. With like I said, Michaela Natalie is like a star's name, right? Bang, tasting the star. You didn't realize that, but I just full circled it. Um, but here's the cool thing: is you've got a flair for creating content, mm -hmm. right? And so we've launched Kingdom Airs. And again, I don't know a lot about this type of content creation. I'm learning. I'm still learning. But I'm like Michaela does. She knows it. Mm -hmm. She's got a marketing head marketing brain she sees how to bring things pull things together uh, Michaela is a is is not front and center she does not like to be front and center so I, I had really to, don't I had to kind of drag her in to do the yeah, show that's my, why my, my boyfriend was like I was like I'm too nervous to do this and he was like just tell the story of how we met I'm like yeah, yeah my, that's dad's, not my dad's not gonna that's like that too bad for you Art <laughs> uh, but uh, oh look I just mentioned his name Ooh, Arturo okay but here's here's the cool thing is that you know, we we see the value that you have, and now you you worked with me um, for in the office for for a couple of years, and then you went and worked for uh, a, a giant company here in town. The Port is one of the largest employers and and income revenue producers in our whole area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Port of Corpus Christi, one of the the head cook, yeah. head cook, there. Uh, no lead cook, lead cook there, yeah. and so. Um, and, and anybody that's worked in kitchens know that it's it's a hard it's intense it's a harsh environment. It's we know intense. it's a hard environment. You can have good people that you're working around, but still, it's it's a hard environment. So so we always want to be kind and thankful to the people who are in the back of the kitchen who are putting together the meals that we eat. Especially you guys are plating up for five, six, seven, eight, a thousand people. Right? Yeah, we do. We did mass production. It was yeah. like it's a it's a whole system because if you don't if you don't really know how a hierarchy in a kitchen works, so what you have is you have your executive chef. The executive chef, they are they're the lead. So like they're doing they're doing all the scheduling, they're doing all of the menus, they're meeting of clients and stuff like that. Yeah. They don't really act in the kitchen that much. That's the sous chef. The sous chef is basically like the kitchen manager. An exec will come in like on like the huge days. Like whenever we were cooking yes, for like course. Greg Abbott, um, she would come in. Like we do like the wine classic, the beer classic, um, weddings. Is would... there a cupbearer and a taster for the for the governor and the president? Someone um, who has to taste their food first? No, but we they did have some pretty sophisticated system um, technology to go around the room and make sure, like, to verify if there's any threats. Like, they could zoom in on you and see if what was going on. I love it. Um, uh, today's, can you zoom in on us right now? Make sure there's no threats in this room. <laughs> I don't think so. We got to upgrade our technology. <laughs> <laughs> it's real high. It's a high tech. We need some system. more POV going on here. Because yeah, and so then you have your sous chef. And the sous chef basically runs the entire kitchen. He mm -hmm. makes he's the one basically tasting everything to make sure that it's going good. Good. And so then you have your lead. So I was the lead. So I would basically I was number two to the to the sous. Yeah. And so I would help make sure that everything that he was doing was going. Talking good. to your mic, sweetheart. Sorry, I was leaning the other way. I'm leaning away from the mic. Um, and then you have your cooks. And so yeah. then it can break down even further. You can have your line cooks. You can have your prep cooks. Prep cooks are the ones who do all the prep before service. Sounds like. Um, they usually come in the day before or two days before, depending on how much how the mass volume <laughs> oh that we're about God. to do. It's insane. And then you have your line cooks, which the line cooks are more for restaurants um so like they're on the line firing off your food should be coming out in 15 minutes that's the mark time if it's if it takes longer than 15 minutes to get your food there's something severely wrong in the kitchen 
Yeah. And Severely we've all have been wrong. at those big events. Wondering. Yes. And so then um, they usually pass it's a huge, it off. It's a huge production. It is a it's huge a production. It's a lot of people. Then you got the servers, the platers, you got everything going on. Yeah. And restaurants is different from catering. I never have worked in a restaurant. I've only worked in catering. catering. I prefer catering. Catering is where you make your money. Most restaurants fail within about um, the first year. Over, yeah. like, I, I think it's more like 80 restaurants, 80% of restaurants fail in the first year. And then after that, it's like 50% fail after the five is five, six years because food costs is just food and labor. Um, it's a number that has to um, be really, really intensely calculated because right. food is so expensive. Um, usually the number is about if you want to be less than 25% on your food costs, if you are over 25% on your food costs, you are losing money, severely losing wow. money. Wow. Um, yeah. It's so a, it's 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 a, it's a tough industry and it's it's hard because there's a lot of um, mental health and substance abuse in the industry. Um, it's yes. also just I went to culinary school. You don't need culinary school to get started. Actually, if you get started actually graduating culinary school, if you're newly graduating culinary school and go to work in a kitchen, you're starting at the bottom. Yes. You are. You're, you yeah, will, either way, because they want you to learn everything from the bottom up. Which is a great way to learn, by the way. Yes, and so, so you, which means you got to be there for the grind. Yeah, you will s spend maybe five to ten years before you even see sous chef. Mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, because it's a hierarchy. You it's gotta a hierarchy. Work, you got to work, your, gotta way work your way up. Like yeah. you can fast track it. Mm -hmm. My, sh I know people who fast. Well, you fast tracked it. it. I fast tracked it to lead. I, sh I How did you do that? Um, because so I there was a lead because someone told you you couldn't. Right, but like, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going well, back. I'm going back to no, what, well, what fuels what, what Michaela. What happened was that um, my well, because I my position new to the kitchen, I'd only been working there. I started as an intern, only working there for about like. That was the key. Yeah. I started as an intern. I was working my way up, um, and so I told the lead position came up, and I was talking to my sous chef because I would trail my sous chef everywhere. I was like a lost puppy following my sous chef around the kitchen being like, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Why do you do yeah, that? What is that? Asking all like, the questions, is... Yeah, like I was, I was a lost puppy following my it's sous chef. a great chef. way to get in and I was lead, like, to I was learn like, how to lead. I was yeah. like, Craig, 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 how do I, I want the lead position. Like, I was like, I knew I was not experienced enough for a lead. Like I knew I had leadership qualities, but I was not experienced, experienced enough to have it. Yeah. And he like looked at me and he was like, okay, okay, come here, come here. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, go do the temp logs. Temp logs. Go do the temp logs. Temp logs are really important in a walk-in because we have huge walk-ins and fridges. Walk-in coolers, and so freezers. Yeah. Every day, you need to go into your your walk-in and you need to take the temperature and then write it down in the log outside of the date and time because that's how you check on the efficiency of your walk-in because that's how you catch it if your walk-in breaks down and so that way you, you're already ahead of you're it. ahead of it and you don't lose product or you maybe you notice there's a smell maybe you since point. it was first thing you looked at in the morning then you're able to tell if maybe an order didn't come in wow. correctly or you didn't do the someone didn't do the prep from the day before because you weren't there and so that's what I would do I would take the initiative and I would go and I write the temp logs and I did that for like I would did that every single day I would come in and I would write the temp logs and so he saw that I was faithful of something small. So he was like, I can go and give, put a good word for you in for chef to become the lead because we saw that you were faithful of something How small. How many other 20-year-olds get that role, do you think, in big kitchens? What do you think the likelihood of that for a 20-year-old to hit it? I mean, um, realistically. Realistically, if they're hardworking and teachable. Because that's the thing is that a lot of people think I need to be this amazing chef. I need to be this amazing cook. I need to be, I need to be the top of the, the game. No. I was not the best cook in, the, in that kitchen, but I was. But you were part of a team, though. Right, but I was teachable. They don't want someone who's the best. They want someone because because every kitchen does things differently. Yeah. There's a there's a also thousand good. ways to do one technique. So if you can mold yourself to their method, yeah, adapt the, to the head. The way adapt that to the they're head. doing it, if you Chef, can cook the way can that they do it, then that's what they want more. They want a guy they can teach, not a guy who's been doing things the wrong way all his life. He may he may just be a body that's there, but he's not someone who can teach. They can teach and grow. Yeah, and they want someone they can teach and grow. Um, I love that. Yeah, I I love they're they are phenomenal. Their thing. I I was I got the opportunity to go and help them at the beer pairing classic, um, which you if you're in Corpus and you didn't know they have this VIP foodie event for called the wine classic and the beer pairing classic where you can go and you can taste a bunch of wine, taste a bunch of beer. I don't drink. I don't like it, but. You can, if you like it, and you can taste all this food around. And so I got the opportunity to come up with an appetizer for one of these events. And so what I did was that I, this is a, this is a good sales technique actually, was that 
what I would do is someone come up to our booth to try our food, right? They get a, they get a free drink pairing, they get a free food, and I'd go, hey, come here, come here, come here. We have lemongrass, we have this, this. You want to eat my food. This is the best food in the room. You'll be doing yourself a disfavor if you go try anybody else's food. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, like, why bother wasting your stomach filling up with other people's food when it's trash, when you should just be staying here? Eating all my food. Come on, get seconds, get fifths. And that was my thing. I said that to about like did you have a tip? Did you have a tip jar out? I should have. But because yeah. we had people camping out at our table. I would have been like just <laughs> I had someone throw just money standing the there eating and they loved it. There's like a thousand people at this event and they were they were sitting there just eating our food and they're like, This is the best food in the house. I'm like, I told you, like <laughs> like did I lie to you? Wait no. a minute. Wait a minute. Do you think it really was the best or do you think it was just no, in their subconscious? We, no, we had the best food. Yeah. Because you cooked it? Duh. Done. My team's the best team. Done. <laughs> right? Drop the but mic. The Let's thing. go. Like, why would you, like, people go to sell stuff and they're all like, oh, oh, maybe, like, would you? Like, no. You tell them that your food is the best food. You tell them your product's the best product. Because why Why would you want to work with someone who's not confident in their product, I'm, right? I'm just so, I just, I'm like, I love listening. Well, that makes sense. I love listening to you. Why would, like. I'm so excited. As you're, but like, I got it from you. Your dad is so excited with you. But no, but that's <laughs> the point because, like. That's I love the, it. Like if, this I, is if it. I'm following Craig, or if I followed Craig around, my sous chef at the time, it meant I was also following you around because we went to South Africa to uh, part of a mission trip, which is part of the vision of Kingdom Heirs is to the one is to empower business men and women to honor God with their business and yes. to create more money and then take that money and then put it back into the kingdom. So one of the things that we did was we went on this mission trip to South Africa, which where we used to recently. live recently. And so we were putting on revivals. We were putting money into these communities so they can start their own things, which we'll be sharing hopefully soon with the audience. So that way they, you guys can also help fund these projects. Be part of it as you're led and as you want to be We've been part working with these guys for over a decade. We don't want to keep it all to ourselves. No, we, we want don't. you all to be part of the but blessing. One of the cool things was that one of these guys, he hadn't been able to see, he had the vision problems all his life. Jeffrey. And we, Jeffrey. Let's and get a picture. We'll get a picture of this because yeah, this was super this cool. This was super cool. And I so, wasn't there, right? No, because you were negotiating with the governor of Mozambique to, to be like, hey, why'd you take the water away? We've been investing in this community to get water. And then you suddenly shut it off. Like, why'd you do that? That's wrong. Yeah, I, was, I was upset. Yeah. And so he was, was in a, he was in a meeting with them. With the governor. Yeah. But we had just found out because we didn't know. That he had been having problems with his eyeglasses because for the part of the, it was so well, funny. Well, he had he didn't really have he didn't have a, he didn't have a prescription. He didn't have a prescription. And he had like several different things going. On. He couldn't really see the light outside. Was, severely it, hurt his yeah. eyes. And so, and so I couldn't be there. And I said, "What?" You said, "Michaela, I need you to help me get." We got we set up an eye doctor appointment. You need to. Get Who drove that. the car? Did I drop you off at the mall? Well, you left us with the car. Oh, I left you with the car. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Me, who, who went driving? Jeffrey or Luca? They, I think Luca drove. Luke, <laughs> Luke drove. Pastor Luke. Pastor Luke drove. We're it. sitting in the back and we're going to the mall. And so we walk into this eyeglass shop. And so I'm taking point on this because this my, is in, my Mos this this is is in Mozambique. This is in Maputo, Mozambique. Yes, they speak um, Songa and they speak um, Portuguese, which is not different from Spanish. No court. Like they do not yeah. understand yes, if yes. you speak Spanish. It's an them. old Portuguese colony. Right. And this yeah. guy's Indian. And so I'm walking in there and I'm like, okay, my dad sent me on a mission. Okay. And I know my dad, right? So just as I knew Craig and knew the way he wanted things to be run, I know my dad. And so I came up to this Indian guy and I said, listen, the shop owner. you're Indian, the shop right? Owner. I'm like, you will give me a very good deal because I am here with my dad's credit card. And if you give me a bad deal, then he will look at me and go, why'd you, why were you wasteful with my money? Come on. Like, do you want me to tell my dad I was wasteful with his money? And he was looking at me and he goes, no, I do not. I'm like, I'm like, hey, come on. I know you. I'm like, you Indians, you love a good deal. I know you'll give me the best deal. Understand culture. It's right? so important. Because yeah. people love that you understand their culture. Yeah. We have a lot of Indian friends and, and we we just. They are great deal makers. Uh, they if, really, really If are. I want a good deal, I'm going to ask an Indian guy for yes. a good, where the good deals are. Well, if are. you don't ask for the good deal, they don't really respect you. Right. Because they're, they, they're constantly out there hustling a great deal for like, them and oh, their family. They're like, oh, you're white, you're American, you're a female. Oh, I can take advantage of you, Heck right? no, you baby. And I was like, nah, you, you'll answer with my dad <laughs> and his credit card. And that's it was why. so funny. And he goes, I'll give you the best deal. And I was like, thank you, man. So, thank you. So he did the eye test. Yeah. They gave him the proper prescription. Yeah. They made up the prescription. They had to rush it. We they said, rushed we, they said we're it. leaving. We're leaving in two days. I said, we need this thing pronto right mm -hmm. so you did all that negotiation right we finally show up they they rushed it to Maputo downtown city they got it all done they sent it back mm -hmm. i show up 
and the guy to collect the glasses, right? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, all right, how'd we do? And he says, you, your daughter, she's good. She's real good. I say, I, I say, he what? He sound. I, I say it like an Italian New Yorker, but he said it like a. Uh, Your daughter's very good. She did a good job. Oh, so good, so happy, good negotiator. I said, oh, that's so good. I'm so happy. And he, and when we bought Jeffrey the glasses, it changed his his smile. Like I think that was the most rewarding part. And I think that was the most rewarding part for the Indian guy as well. Just seeing the smile on Jeffrey's face was another like another business owner like because he, he put on his eyeglasses and I was like all right Jeffrey is it good and he goes I can see and you just see the smile on all the guys faces it's around been like that though. for years and, and I like turned so. and looked at the guy and I was like thank you it was it was very rewarding to be part of mm-hmm. to be part of that experience and we do we have video we got picture we can add some in I think it'd be fun to do that yeah because um, you can see the real experience that we're having with the resources that we generate we you know, mm-hmm. we, we build this and well. we want people yeah. who fall everyone who's subscribed and following our thing, we want you guys to be able to pour it into their lives as well. Because, it, you know, sometimes they're like, you see the things and you're like, oh, donate, 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 donate. But like, you never see the tangible yes. like results of like what you're doing. You're just like, oh, I'm probably just donating some administration class. I hate that. Me I too. want, like, if I'm donating money, I want to see the impact. And I think that's the cool thing is that whenever, we're, our whenever we're able to release this, you'll be able to see like, okay, my money actually went somewhere. Like, these guys yeah. actually know them, and if the money is misused, we'll pull the support. That's exactly what I've done. And we'll go, and if we'll go, and we'll go and hunt down the people who misused it and be like, hey, why wasn't this put to the hungry children? Why was this used for to make yourself better? Like, that's not who we that's are. That's not what we're here to support. Yeah. I think that's that's key, and, and I appreciate you sharing that. It's a great segue into the why kingdom heirs exist and, mm-hmm. and really it's a burden of what we've been doing for t- over 20 years. Yeah. Our family has, and, and we do, we have a great burden for helping people, um, and, and connecting. We really see kingdom heirs as a connector mm-hmm. of how you can be connected with, with us and how we can be connected together with doing God's work. Yeah. And I think that's really something tangible and, and special. So, you know, to your point, when we support, we hold it, we hold it, we hold them severely accountable. Um, when we when we send resources, it has a very specific purpose of that resource for every dollar, and uh, they must report back with video, with photo, and full reports. And if they don't, they know that I will stop. I will not send another dollar. I'll, I just will hold. And because I know these guys, they respect me. They understand, um, you know, that that we must fulfill the purpose of this contribution or this investment, the, the sewing in the investment. So for you to be part of that with the eyeglasses is a great example of how we can lift somebody up. And, and Jeffrey's a leader in his community. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started as a, as a, as a very, um, hard hardship as an orphan, uh, from, uh, from the HIV AIDS pandemic in the early two thousands, which killed, wiped out millions of, of people our ages. Um, and, but he is a, a great example of someone who found God early in his life though he felt homeless and destitute, um, he found God early in his life and his his focus was, let me begin serving my my fellow community people. And he got involved with a food, a food program of helping dish up um, food parcels for the community. And that's where he started. And today he is a leader in that community as a local pastor. And um, they, the community asked him to come and be the pastor of their, of their community uh, church. And we were there just in July holding a huge tent revival we cooked for hundreds of people, water baptized many people, and people were so lifted up because people from America cared enough to come to their little, little, little village, right? I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. And I think that's what that's why we're doing this. This is why we're here, is we just want to be a part of doing something that's bigger than ourselves. Yeah. And we realize when things are bigger than ourselves, we need other people to be part of it. And that's something that I've done also in my life. Like, if someone, like, that's... I think that's the importance of having your children start young and to have them follow you everywhere because your children will emulate you. They'll become what you are and then they'll go further. Like for example, in my college I just graduated from, um, there's a, there's a small, small minor issue that's going to be resolved shortly in the next couple of weeks with one of the programs. And so one of the students had created a petition to gather student report because the entire student population was like, Hey, our voice isn't being heard. And so she was going around getting signatures. I was kind of just like, eh, you know, like I'm focused on graduating. And then I hear her talk to one of the leaders there. And when the leader said, oh, don't bother with the petition, 
no one did like they're not gonna care and i turn around and i just like see this girl like the hope just go out of her eyes and i turn and i said i'm signing that petition and I'm going to go take that to the leader. And so I just sat down right then and there. Administrative leader of the college. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. I said, I'm going to take that to the dean. And so, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so I end up sitting down. In 20 minutes, I wrote a like, three, five-page essay of all of the things. That they can act that, on. That, make improvements. Well, all the problems and then all solutions. The, the solutions. And so then. Identify the problem, but always have a solution to I the I told problem. the girl, go get all the signatures. She got all the signatures. I... What'd you get, 50? 50, yeah. That's good. Which is the more than half of the program. And so I went and I didn't, I went to a networking event. I connected with someone. I said, point me to the leader. She pointed me to the leader. And then um, from there, I got a meeting. I sat down with, with the dean. I said, here's all the, the list of the things. And I didn't just talk. I didn't just tell her the problems, right? I no, said, don't I, be, don't don't be that. I was really nice. I said, I know that you care. I know that you're doing this because you care about students, you want to make a difference. Here's all the voices of students saying that they don't think it's going to work. And then here's a list of all the ways we can increase enrollment and the graduation rate. And this is all the things I think you should do to create incentives for business people to send their employees to college. Here's a list of all the ways oh that goodness, I think we, the scholarship foundation should do to make sure that more students are able to access scholarships because there's a few students who are not able to access scholarships. Here's what I think you should do to increase the marketing and visibility for the college. Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. You haven't told me the full story. You did, never asked. Because uh, I, I saved it for this moment. Right. right okay. Did they offer you the job? They pay you six figures to no, go and no. to go and do this job for them because she who has the idea usually gets hired for the job. No, but they said they put me in contact with their marketing person, and I have a meeting with them, both the faculty and the um, dean on Monday to see how <laughs> they are going to put all these changes into effect. I love it. And I, I love this. That's, this. This is what you guys need to hear and mm -hmm. understand. I had nothing to do with that. No, but what you did do is that you gave an opportunity for your child to go and follow you in business, which is I think a lot of business owners don't do. They go, oh, I'm gonna box my child out of my life. But oh, they, I'm gonna box my family out of my business. I'm gonna compartmentalize, yeah, compartmentalize. Yeah, my life and I'm going to isolate my work self from my home self and my church self from my work self and I'm gonna put everything into the boxes. And because of that, they miss out on passing on down their legacy. Because the legacy of my dad is that he is someone who doesn't say when someone tells him no, he goes, okay, yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm going to still do it. Oh, you know, you're in need. I'm going to help you. Okay, I failed. Okay, yeah, that's just a lesson. All right, I'm going to move on. And if you compartmentalize your life and box your children and your family out of your business, your legacy isn't going to pass on. You're going to die and no one's going to remember you. So true. So so that's that in the end is all about why we want to make sure that we live life together mm -hmm. we can as owners as, as leaders as as fathers um, we think that the way we can bless our children is with um, buying them what they want it's not about presence presence it's about presence it's about and presence and that's the same thing for a relationship being present, with god being present it's not about it's not about oh i went to church five times yeah. if you went to church five times a week but you never did said a kind word to someone. Yeah. If you never helped someone with their groceries, if you never like went and sat down and took your little sister out just to lunch, show just right. Yeah, are you really a Christian? That's the question because right? because it's about action, outward actions. It's about faith is beautiful, but faith without works is ugly. It's dead. It's dead, which means it's really not. Tangible. It's nothing. It's, it's nothing. And you're so, not. You're not really living a full lifestyle. The way that the way that it's designed, and I think that's the whole point about knowing who our Creator is. Know Yahweh, the Great I Am. As Moses was, God revealed Himself to uh, to Moses as, as Yahweh, the Great I Am. Mm -hmm. I am that which I am. Jesus Christ has revealed. He says, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen Jesus, said, if you've seen me." You've seen God, you've seen Yahweh, and the kindness that I've shown you, the love that I've shown you, the goodness I've shown you, the mercy I've shown you, the compassion I've shown you, you go and do likewise. But you can't do that unless you have love. You've received love and kindness and goodness and mercy from our Father, mm -hmm. right? And that's yeah. that whole thing about if we've received ministry from our Father, if we, if we received it from God, then we can share it with others. And I think it's so important that as as, um, as fathers and that, that I'm trying to be real with you 
You should see the good, bad, and the ugly, but you should also see me and experience forgiveness for me. You should ask, you should hear me say, Michaela, I screwed up. You know, I know I let you down. Will you forgive me? Mm -hmm. You know, and, yeah. and, and that exchange is huge, right? Because then it opens your heart up back to me, mm -hmm. right? When we offend our kids and our children and we don't ask for forgiveness. It's the worst thing that you can do. Bang. It, it, the wall goes up and it could take two, two, year, two, three years for that wall to come back down. Yeah. I think right? the, the most healing moments have been for me when it has been whenever a parent you or my you or mom yeah. has come back to me and said, Michaela, I'm so sorry for hurting you. Do you forgive me? I won't make that mistake again. Yeah. And like it actually is like a physical like yeah. I think there's a verse in the Bible where it says like it's like it says children obey I'm probably misquoting this. It's okay. It says children obey your parents, but parents please do not like hinder your children. Hinder your children. Do not be too harsh with them. It's not to say yeah. like you should discipline them because yeah. that's to not to, to not discipline a child discipline is to not is, love is, them. Discipline is but do not be unnecessarily harsh with them because that can close them off from a lot of things. Yeah, good things like love. And and so what I get to see here you know, as we wrap this up, what I'm seeing in your life is is um, diligence, faithfulness, perseverance, vision, passion, joy of helping others. Um, and what I also see is a bit of a mirroring effect of, you know, what, what, what I'm doing, uh, I see you doing in your own platforms, your own levels, your own places, you're doing it. Um, like I said, I wasn't involved with you, what you did at your, with your college, with the deans and, and everything. You're operating like you're a 30, 40 year old lady. And I love the fact that you didn't wait to get engaged to do these, to have this type of impact in the community, you're doing it now. Yeah. And there's no reason for anyone who's listening right now thinks that I need to be older or I need to have accomplished more things or I'm not qualified. Dude, I don't, I literally was talking about this and I was like, I can't go on this podcast. I've done nothing. <laughs> like, I think that's what a lot of times you find from really accomplished people. Like you may look at some go, oh, they're so successful. But if you go talk to them, they say, I've accomplished nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but quite frankly, but quite frankly, you have you've you've accomplished a ton, which is why I wanted you on the team with Kingdom Heirs. And I think that's what's really great about this is that with your with your passion. Remember how many times I've said I'm so happy you're joining me. A lot. So many. I'm like it's I'm just scary, I'm just so happy I'm, you're, you're joining me. Flattery. But it's not flattery. Right. It's me being excited knowing that I've got someone in our corner on our production team that can that understands the vision that has the same vision who's lived it out for the past 20 years with us is like bang i want to be part of this and and dad uh don't worry um you've got someone in your corner to help you fulfill this we're going to do it together and i think when we see that in life that we can in, um have a living relationship with our children as and see them not as a burden or a liability or a tax credit there's mm -hmm. so many guys out there just yeah i get to claim them on my taxes i'm like dude you're missing the point you're destroying your legacy you're destroying your kid, everything your, ki your kids aren't going to want to be around you yeah you're going to be alone you, in life and you won't know your grandkids you won't they'll cut they won't, you out they won't want you there to see your child as a burden there used to be people that come to me they'd see me me and uh, mom and I uh, at the at the local store buying our, our food with you three girls with us and some of these men would say oh and they see like all our food lined up dude I feel bad for you and I turned back around I'm like excuse me what are you saying you feel bad for me that what that I'm providing for my family he's like well I don't mean it like that so what are you saying you, I said, what else should I do with my resources and my money? Should I not want to provide something beautiful for my family, such as food? You feel bad for me? Did I'd get all? I'd be like, I wasn't, I wasn't like, <laughs> like ugly about it. Yeah. But inside, I was like, what? Who says that? Mm. To think about it, the greater joy we have, the greatest joy in life we have, for those of those of us who have been blessed to be able to raise a family is to do just that, to raise a family, to live with your family, to live life out with your family. It's the greatest joy, the greatest the greatest things in life have always been the experiences that mom and I have had with y'all, you and your sisters and your brother. It's never because, of, oh, we made a million or we we built this or we did that. It's, that's never been the greatest joy. Well, it's it always been it that we live life yeah. together. Well, if you hit a million, it's like, what's next? And that's what you guys have talked about. Like, okay, having a lot of money is does not mean success because it's never enough. 
Correct. It, that's exactly. And right. really, what point is that if you once you've hit a, like once you start making money, it needs to suddenly you need to get introspective and start thinking, okay, what's my actual purpose? What Come am on. I actually going to do? Because I could have all this money and still be empty inside. That's right. I could have no money and be empty inside. That's exactly At some right. Point, I'm and then sit bitter down. because you got no money, right? Yeah, or bitter because you have too much and you, it, but you, it's not enough. Correct. So at some yeah. point, you need to sit down and be like, what's my actual purpose? And if yeah. it's not for God, your family, or the kingdom, then what's the point? What's the point? We're living an empty life. It's a shell of a life. Yeah. Um, for those of you, I just want to say this because I know some people, you know, would love to have a family, uh, couples, husbands, wives, you know, that haven't been able to have children yet. I think one of the greatest things that you could do is is to adopt. Yeah. You know, mom and I have talked quite a bit about adopting. I was a respite care provider. Um, that's another thing. If you aren't sure if you're ready to adopt or foster, you can get involved in being a support for the families who are fostering children because they need a lot of support. Um, I know in yeah. town we have Agape Ranch, Agape yeah. Harbor. Yes, um, they need, our cousin works there and they, we know the, they we need, know the they, directors They need there. respite care providers for people who are not sure yet if they're ready to foster or adopt. But if they, can the just, if they can just yeah. be an hour of babysitting. Yeah, like, you're engaged, people, people now you're that. in. Yeah, now you're in. that's a great way to get involved in your local community and to network. Yeah, network. Um, I think the key thing is, is share what God's given to you, share with others, share with others, share. Don't, don't say, I don't have anybody in my circle. Fine. Just create a circle. You yeah. start sharing, pouring back in. You, God has poured into us so we can pour into others. We should never be like a dead sea where the blessing stops with us. It should always be that we're pouring into others, starting first with our family. Mm-hmm. Michaela, thank you for being on the show. You did extremely well. <laughs> you did extremely well. Uh, you'll be back on the show many times. Michaela is, uh, uh, part of our creative team here with Kingdom Airs. Uh The reels that are being produced uh, on today's is here with uh, the production, but Michaela is really the the one that's driving all the the daily reels and everything that's coming out. So um, thank you for um, sharing this. Thank you for liking, subscribing, and ringing the bell for Kingdom Airs. Uh If you would, you know, open up your phone and and um, and copy this link and share it with as many possible people as you would. And say, hey, do me a favor, subscribe to this channel. You know, without us, um, we're doing what we can and we're going to continue to be faithful because we truly believe this is what what Yahweh, our God, wants us to do is to bring this message forth. And as you just heard it from Michaela, um, we think it's a worthy challenge and a worthy call. So, um, guys, uh, there's more coming. We've got a whole lot more. We, we had a plan of what we want to talk about, but the Holy Spirit took over. So we're so thankful for that. Uh, we pray you were blessed today. Uh, God bless you. And we will see you next time.